welcome back. And if you are new here, I am your host, Anna May. I talk about animals from sea creatures to zoo creatures to dogs, cats, snakes, lizards, and any other type of animal that you can think of, even bugs. I've talked about butterflies. I also talk about fun facts for kids, like where did popcorn and candy come from? Some of the videos that I've created, I will tell you. So you'll have a sense of idea of what my podcast is about. My podcast is very interesting. I've talked about ragdoll cats, which are adorable. I have talked about Bombay, bone and skeleton facts, Maine Coons, the world of Marvel, unicorn history, cat breeds, the... What the? Well, that was weird. I have talked about dog, dog finding your wherever. Um, Close-up photography, pipefish, microphotography, cave bears, stars and planets, zoology, twilight sparkle, photography, stick up mash, figure of six, Nancy Drew, peanut characters, summer for kids, American Tree Sparrow, Mary Kate and Ashley, Beanie Babies, Popcorn, Snails, Corella, Morning Dove, Tinkerbell, Pizza Facts, Giant Pandas, Potato Chips, and so much more. I hope you all will enjoy my podcast and stay to learn something fun and educational. But the key hint here is fun. about pandas. The bamboo bear. It was once thought that the giant panda might be related to the raccoon. However, scientists have since proven that it is a member of the bear family. The giant panda is officially classed as a carnivore, meat eater, though its diet is more likely that of an omnivore, plant eater. The vast variety of a giant panda's diet consists of bamboo due to an effective sedative system. They need to eat large qualities to get the nutrients they need. A giant panda can spend 14 hours a day eating and will typically eat 11 to 18 kg in one day. 99% of this bamboo. But they will also eat fish, eggs, and small animals if the opportunity arises. In the wild, giant pandas are territorial and generally solitary animals. Let's see if we have an ad break for today. Our sponsor, ad break, ad break, ad break, ad break. Sponsor, 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 sponsor. And before we go to ad breaks or sponsors, let's get a little bit of a...
open my podcast and you enjoy this ad break slash sponsor. host this is an anime again oh hey yep elf we're talking about elves what appears to be ears on some elves are actually displayed feathers called ear tacks these ears are hidden on the sides of the head behind the eyes and pick up sound from a ring of feathers called a fascicle disc. That is most nocturnal birds have a leather of reflective tissue in the back of each ear that allows them to see and hunt at night. Female owls female Owls lose a patch of feathers while wearing their eggs. When babies call outlets emerge, their white feathers turn darker and their eyes open. I have this book here called Owls by Chandra Markel. Okay. The animal world is full of predators. Predators are the hunters who find, catch, and eat other animals, their prey, in order to survive. Every environment has its chain of hunters. The smaller, slower, less able predators become prey for the bigger, faster, more cunning hunters. And everywhere there are just a few kinds of predators at the top of the food chain. In nearly every habitat, this group of predators includes one or more kinds of elves like this Dark shell. Scratcher. So, why are owls like this? Great, great owl. Such great hunters. For one thing, they can swoop through the air nearly silently to strike with a sharp talons, claws, and beak. Most owls hunt at night to help them see. They have bigger eyes than most birds. Their eyes, big eyes, face forward so they can judge how far to fly to catch the prey. High, low, high, low. Right about there, maybe? Okay. Their eyes also have powerful magnifying lenses so they can spot small prey over long distances. The pupils of their eyes, the openings at the center, can open super wide to let in more light when it is dark. For protection and support, an owl's big eyes are inside both tubes. Both these tubes limit how much its eyes can move. To look left, right, up, or down, owls like this northern saw wheat must turn their heads. 
All whales' necks have lots of bones, nearly twice as many as human necks. These bones let the owl turn its head far enough to look almost straight behind itself. An owl's disc-shaped face like this burn owl's face works like a satellite dish to collect sound waves. Under the feathers are huge ear openings. One is usually larger and lower on the owl's head than the other. This difference in size and position helps the owl quickly figure out where sounds are coming from. The female great gray feathers blend perfectly with tree bark. While she resets, her big yellow eyes are half closed and hidden away by feather-covered lids. But then she hears a grofer rustling noise, her eyes snap wide open, and she studies the shady ground. The inside a pocket gopher gopher runs into the open. The great gray owl launches into flight. The great gray is among the world's biggest owl. The female's body is about 30 inches, 80 centimeters tall, and her wings stretch nearly 5 feet, about 1.5 meters from tip to tip. Her big size makes her a powerful predator. She is able to kill bigger prey such as rabbits and squirrels that smaller owls couldn't catch. But her big size also means it makes more takes more energy to fly. So the great gray prefer to hunt by perching and waiting. When prey comes within range, she drops off the branch, spreads her wings to slow her plunge, and swoops down. This time, the big owl will need to fly a short distance to overtake her prey. She does this nearly silently. The front edges of most bird wings are solid, like stiff fingers pressed together. Such wings smack against the air with a thump. The leading edge of the owl's wings are fingered and flexible, like rubbery fingers spread out. The upper surface of each feather also has a velvet coat of tiny strands. The great gray wings slip through the air with the softest swish. When the female great gray is nearly over the grother, she pulls in her wings and dives to attack. The owl's fourth toe is turned backwards to work like a thumb. She grabs the pocket, gather with one foot. Next, the great gray uses another weapon, her sharp beak, a bristle feather, Matches around her beak, lets her feel when she's close enough to bite her prey. Then she quickly kills it.
the great gray's wings, provide enough lifting power to fly while carrying prey. So she flies back to her favorite perch. There, high above the forest floor, she can eat safe from ground-hunting predators like foxes who might try to steal her meal. No longer out in the open, she is also less likely to have to defend her food from flying predators, such as hawks and other owls. Like this, praying owl, all owls have wide mouths. Whenever possible, they swallow the prey in one gulp. But if the meal is really big, the owl will rip off chunks. Next, digest juices in the owl's stomach go to work. But the digestive juices can't break down the prey's teeth, fur, and bones. The food passes from the stomach into a muscular ass called the glycer. There, the broken down food is turned into a soft mash and passes on into the interest of to finish being digested. The bites left in the glizzard are squeezed and packaged together. Then the owl throws up a soft pallet of these waste. When an owl perched in the same spot day after day, the leafy forest floor below becomes littered with these pallets. An owl needs to fly in order to catch food. So when it isn't flying, the owl spends a lot of time peering or caring for its feathers. This barring owl carefully pulls each of its outer feathers through its beak. Feathers are made up of hundreds of strands held together by tiny hooks. Flying or Struggling with prey can separate the feather strands. All owls, including the stretch owl, have to preen regularly to fasten their feathers together again. The feathers of an owl coat matches its surrounding. This helps it hide whenever it waits to surprise prey. Arctic region has few trees and a lot of snow much of the year. The snowy alkaline color, coloring lets it hide in plain sight in the Arctic white sitting on the ground. The small snowy owl was waiting next to the entrance to a limage tunnel. When the limage start running, the snowy owl was only a hop away. He'll deliver this meal to his mate. This male bar owl is delivering a meal too. It's a gift to win a mate. Most owls start nesting in late winter. The female will need to spend about one month 
sitting on her eggs. This will keep them warm while the babies grow inside the eggs. The male's food gift shows he can be counted on to do all the hunting during this time. This male great horned owl flies from perch to perch. At each stop, he hoots loudly to tell other great horned males to stay away from his home range. This range, often a large area, is for a whole hunt to feed his mate and offspring. Female owls lay their eggs as long as four days apart. The first chick to hatch may be two weeks older than the youngest one. At first, the chick's eyes are closed and their feathers are thin. This mother's great gray owl keeps the chicks close to her warm body. When it rains, she holds her wings open over them like a feather-covered umbrella. When a hawk circles overhead looking for a meal, the mother great gray owl fluffs up her feathers to look bigger. When the hawk swoops closer, the mother owl hisses and clicks her beak nosily. This threat works and the hawk flies away. While the mother owl stays with her young family, the father owl keeps on hunting. small to swallow prey whole. The female scratch owl tears off small, boneless, featherless bits of food. The male brings to her, then closing her eyes to protect them from the chick's beak, she feeds the bits to her offspring. This food will be easier for the chick to digest because it doesn't contain any waste to cough up. When the chick is full, it goes back into its nest. 
This nest is a natural hole in the tree. Most owls don't build nests. Sometimes they take over the abandoned nest of a hawk or a crow. More often, they find a cavity hole in a tree or use a broken off tree top of a nest or a nest. Owls don't even add any nesting materials. The eggs and the young rest directly on the wood chips or other matter that already on the floor of the cavity. Good for you, Okay, the female snow owl nest is just a big dip in the ground. Like the scratch owl, the mother snowy owl tears off bits of meat for her babies. She starts by feeding the chicks, begging most effectively. These are usually the older, bigger chicks, so if the meal isn't very big, smaller chicks get less to eat. And if food becomes scarce, the youngest chicks may die. They may even become food for the older chicks. That way, at least some of the owlets survive. It's definitely awkward. The twine owl is delivering a rabbit to the chicks. Male owls spend a lot of time and energy hunting to provide food for the growing owlets. Eventually, growing owlets get so big that both parents must hunt to keep them hungry offspring fed. Left on their own, these young scratchels huddle together to keep warm and safe. Side by side, the three little owlets like much bigger and are less likely to be attacked by any hunter hawks or other owls flying overhead. The wings of these 10-week-old horned owls are not yet strong enough for flying. But that doesn't stop the owlets from exploring by walking around the branches. When one owlet starts to fall, he grabs one with its toes. Then he uses his beak to pull him up onto the branch again. This young scratch owl is strong and practiced enough to fly, but its hunting skills are weak. With practice, the younger clicker learns to catch easy prey like a horse worm. When this young female saw Wheat Owl first tried to catch a mouse, the mouse escaped. Hungry, hungrier, forced the younger female to keep practicing. Like all owls, the young saw wheat was naturally equipped to be a good hunter. Her coloring let her blend in to hide in treetops while she watched for prey. Her excellent hearing and eyesight let her detect and pinpoint prey in poor light. Her frightened her finger feathers let her fly nearly silently to surprise prey. The young owl only has to perfect the timing of her attack. Finally, the female soul white is successful. As she grabs the mouth, 
the young owl becomes a part of a new generation of hunters on the wing. Looking back, looking at the flying scratch shell on page, what does it have? Its wings tips spread apart. Look again at the owl's eyes in this book. Imagine how big your eyes would be if they were that large compared to the rest of your head. Why do you think the hole in the tree was a good place for the owl's nest? How are the owls feel like your hands? How are they different? A chick, a baby bird, egg, the hard shell structure in which a baby bird develops, feather, a protective body covering of birds, tiny hooks hold them, many strands of wing feathers together. Glizzer, the muscle body part that helps birds break down the food they eat. Palate, a compact ball of waste including bone, teeth, and fur that an owl throws up. Predator, an animal that is a hunter. P-R-E-E-N-I-N-G, the process which, process by which a bird pulls feathers through its beak to fasten separate feather strands together again. Prey, an animal that a predator catches to eat. Pull up the opening of the eyeball that lets light enter the eye. Stomach, a body part that stores and begins to break down food. Talson, a bird's claw. Wing, a body part that lifts a bird and moves it forward in flight. And I think that's it. Read all the titles in Animal Predator series. Crocodile, Great White Sharks, Killer Whales, Lions, Owls, Polar Bears, Wolves by Sandra Markell. It's very interesting, very cool. Very pretty book. Ooh, we got some other things. Why do dogs tilt their heads? We can learn much about dogs from their body language. A wagging tail usually means they're happy, and a frisky bow means they want to play. But what does it mean when they tilt their head when you talk to them? A recent Marble article cites a study published in the scientific journal Animal Choreogration in which researchers observe 40 dogs as they respond to direction to fetch which observe 40 dogs as they respond to direction to fetch a certain toy from another room. The study found that the dog, who tilted their heads when listening to the direction, were more likely to retrieve the correct toy than those dogs who did not tilt their head. 
The researcher concluded that the head tilt may be a sign of increased attentiveness and intelligence. Researchers state that only a few dogs could learn the name of objects, and those who are considered gifted word lean science.org reports the science fun that one asked to retrieve a toy gifted dogs crop their head 43% of the time, over dozens of trials compared to with just 2% of the time in typical adults. Okay, I'm just going to read this article that I found. Pennies from him. My Shutterland's shepherd dog, Stasha, started finding pennies when she was 11 weeks old. She dug up the grass and uncovered a penny. Here I was, a banker with a coin-finding dog. I'm just going to call her S. Gave me 17 years of companionship with pennies. Before she died, we buried her in the woods on my uncle's untouched land. Later that day, I tried to channel my sadness into housework, ripping up the vinyl flooring in S.'s room. There wedged between the floorboards of Penny. The next week, a penny showed up outside S's doggy door. Two weeks later, I found a penny in a parking lot near my car. The pennies kept appearing, and I knew S was letting me know she was okay. When I finally got another dog, I wasn't sure if Coco, a Yorkie, would fulfill the hole in my heart. One day, that first week, as I was training her to go outside, I came across a penny shining in my snow-dotted yard. It was a sign from heaven that this puppy was the right choice. Then Coke and I went into the garage and got a snow shovel. I spotted a dull coin on the counter floor. A penny, of course. It was stamped 1988, the year S was born. Aww. That was so sweet. I don't know if I have a sweet one. That's the best I can get. Okay, so we have spring going beyond colorful. Let's test it out, I guess. The new life is spring. Last winter, the groundhog in my backyard disappeared. Even my dad, with whom the animals had struck up a rivalry when he ate all the plants in my dad's garden, was downcasted by the victorious little beast's absence. He promised that he'd buy him a 20-pound pack of dry corn, his favorite, if he only returned. The next few months were spent looking outside our window for a glance of our furry friend, but no arrival. We start to doubt if he was truly hibernating or worried that he had left for good. But then, one early morning in the spring, I was awakened by a shout from my sister. He's back! He's back! Immediately, I threw up my I threw on my rope and sprinted downstairs, where I found my awe-struck family crowded in a front of a window, awing and ah ooh ah. As I squeezed between them to catch a glimpse of our groundhog, listening to the chickadees sing and admire the wild 
dandelions blooming in our yard, I realized that this, the waiting, the wonder, the hope, I realized that this, the waiting, the wondering, the hope is the glorious spring. Even when we least expected, the lost became found and the old became new, and the dead becomes alive again, just like our solver did. Oh. Okay, going beyond. At Northwest Nazarene University, Ohio students are encouraging to do good on the top of earning good grades, taking engineering studies. Um, Benjamin Campbell, who jumped in to help Professor Bob Rogers mention his grandson's pet ferret, was paralyzed. Connor Hovener Spirit s'mores escaped one day. When he returned, his back legs weren't working, so Connor's mom, Molly, X-ray confirms Moore's back was broken. He refused to eat, dropping from three pounds to barely one. The vet said it was only a matter of time before the fair died. That's when Ben, who's part of a team developing a new 3D printer plastic satellite for NASA, got an idea. I asked the family for the fair measurements, he said, with a 3D print base. V strap and wheels. Ben fashioned a grand chariot or s'more. Connor couldn't believe how quickly his buddy took to the wheelchair and started eating again. We were really taken with Ben's kindness, Molly said. He not only saved a helpless creature, he also saved a friendship. Butterfly effect. Butterflies have four wings, which are often brightly colored with unique patterns made up of tiny scales. Butterflies have taste receptors on their feet. Scientists estimate that there are about 15,000 and 20,000 different species of butterfly. Bird-winged butterflies have large, angular wings and fly in a similar way to birds. 
Monarch butterflies are known for their long migration. Every year, monarch butterflies will travel a great distance, sometimes almost 2,500 miles. Females will lay eggs, and a new generation of monarchs will travel back, completing the cycle. Helping America's Animals Meet volunteers around the country who are making life better for certain creatures big and small. Don't blame bats for COVID-19. This is the article. It's our interference with wildlife and its habitat that increase the chances of viruses spilling over to humans. And only people spread COVID-19 to people. Bats, in fact, are a vital part of our ecosystem. These volunteers are making sure we understand more about these unique flying animals. Who are they? Dennis T., a bib vocation minister, a Gwen and Alice Disman, recent graduates of University of North Carolina, Wilmington, all like bats. Dennis is part of pre pre okay p r e s b y t e r a n s for Earth Care, a national eco justice network that cares for creatures by and inspire to make creatures creation care a thing. What do they do? As volunteers for the North American Bat Mounting Program, NA Bat, which gathers data to promote conversations and long term visibility of bat populations across the country, Dennis and Alice use echo channels, reflective sound equipment to conduct surveys. These surveys record statistics about bat population, provide biologists with information for studying and analyzing trends that affect bats. Recently, or insight, they were able to show how the decrease in human activity due to COVID-19 may have impacted the bats population. I do think quarantine was the reason we tracked more bats, but we can't be sure, Glenn says. Why do we do it? Dennis wasn't allowed funds of bats. As a boy, this slept upstairs in the family farm, and bats would gather through the vet. I'd see them flying in and out at night, and it had a real creep factor to it, he says. Now he finds their darting beautiful. Seeing them fly up and down the road at dusk, it's like choreography. In the sky, he says, like all of us, they're here for a reason. Insects, pollination, and seed disposal are some of them whose reasons Alice and Glenn also appreciate bats' unique qualities, like their reliance on ecological and how they're the only flying mammal. In conduction, the survey, the volunteers must drive at least no more than 20 miles per hour. We live in such a fast-paced world, Alice said, or reminds me to detail things back. 
How do they do it? The survey equipment is shared among volunteers and uh, ACOUSTIC monitor, a device about the size of a pad of sticky notes, picks up the bat's electrosynction sounds. An iPad records the data. Around sunset, when the bats are most active, Dennis, Glenn, and Alice drive along specific routes. They note the temperature, wind speed, cover, moon phase, humidity, humidity, and other details. Alice and Gwen see some bats at dusk, but often they can only tell if bats are around by hearing the pings on their equipment. If they're interested in volunteering, go to the NAB NABatmotoring.org and find a contact person for your state. The Mysterious Ways Every time Duchess heard our neighbor Jim's truck rumbling up the road, she raised a ruckus, barking and growling enough to scare the horses free. Horses three farms away. I wonder if it had been a mistake to take the stray dog in. I found her a bright eyed yellow lab lingering on the side of the of her fence with hopeful and hungry eyes. There's no chance my husband will let you stay, I said. We already had a dog, two cats, a pony, and a crop full of chickens. Cop full of chickens. Her name is Duchess. I heard the words almost as if they had been spoken out loud. Duchess, the stray perked up. It let her into the yard. I let her into the yard. Think she'll get along with the chickens, my husband asked. Duchess got along fine with all our animals. She was gentle and well-mannered. She loved my four-year-old son and was welcoming to our guests, except for Jim. He shared our driveway, and there was something about him Duchess didn't like. She snarled when he passed our window when she was outside and saw him. I had to hold her back. One windy morning, about a month after Duchess arrived, she was barking like mad again. I stepped outside to scold her and arch a and a C R I D smell hung heavy in the air. Smoke rose at the far end of our field. Fire. I put my son in the car in case we needed to evacuate. Then I grabbed the horse. Jim's truck pulled up. Duchess growls, Get out of here, he yelled. I stood my ground. Help me fight this fire. Jim didn't lift a finger. A wall of fire raced toward me. At the last moment, the wind shifted as though pushed by the great breath of a person. The blaze subsided. Duchess had a nose for danger. More than I knew, I kept wondering what had sparked the fire until Jim was arrested for arsenic. Someone sure had trained that stray dog well. That is so funny that the stray dog knew. Just at the top of her head. She was like, I know what you're doing. And that's why she didn't like him. Like, Animals know it's super creepy and super adorable. It's like, well, 
if an animal doesn't like you, you might want to be suspicious of yourself sometimes. I'm like, gosh, you don't like me. What did I do? Educationally fun podcast. You could check out my Gummy Bears pod YouTube channel as well. And now I'm gonna say over and out. See you next time. I hope. Love you all. Heart my fans. <laughs>